When a young woman is doing some renovation to her family home, she has no idea she's about to come face to face with something truly horrifying. And then we take a look at the story of a man who claims that he can hop realities, that he can move from one parallel Earth to the other. He's currently living in our version of reality because where he's from, humanity is about to go extinct. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. We got a ton of stuff to cover. So first off, let's go ahead and introduce our Patreon supporter, one of our new Patreon supporters walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Give it up for Skrelpish. Give him a big round of applause as he's screlping on in here to Dead Rabbit Command. Skrelpish, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help spread the word about the show really, really helps out a lot. So Skrelpish, let's go ahead and I'm going to toss you the hair hang glider. We're going to jump off this huge cliff at Dead Rabbit Command and we're going to glide all the way out to a suburban neighborhood. And as we're gliding on out there, I wanted to touch on something I talked about yesterday's episode. If you listen to yesterday's episode, I was talking about that movie Death on the Nile. And this is super interesting. You're like, no, Jason, actually, that was the least interesting part of yesterday's awesome episode. I saw this movie called Death on the Nile. It's based on some Agatha Christie story. And it was so dumb. It was really, really bad. It was about this guy who got hit in the face with a grenade. You're like, Jason, also, quit saying that. That's not what the movie was about. This guy gets hit in the face with a grenade and it blows off his lips. So then he has to grow a, a big mustache to cover up the fact that he has no lips. And then he also solves mysteries. And it was really weird at the beginning. He was British. And he's like, hey, guys, don't go over there. Look out. There's a... And then after he got exploded, he had this heavy French accent. And I couldn't understand the rest of the movie. He's like, oh, mademoiselle. Really, really bad film. Really, really bad film. But I'm not talking I'm not talking about it again because that movie has totally like gotten under my skin. I did yesterday's episode live for the Patreon supporters. They can actually listen to me while I'm recording it through Discord, and after I got done recording it, I was talking about, and out of all the stuff I talked about yesterday, we started talking about Death on the Nile again with Rudy, Jazz, and Nick and Helena Buston are all on the Discord server. And thank you guys for being there. Caspian Montague left. He wasn't part of this conversation, but I appreciate the people who show up for the live episodes. We were talking about Death on the Nile. And here's a little conspiracy theory for you. When I got home, I looked up Death of the Nile on IMDb because I wanted to figure out what the movie, why that movie was made. And looking at the IMDb cast listing, it has the whole cast, except for one guy. He's not, I've never seen this before. He's not listed on the IMDb cast, but he was the star of the movie. Army Hammer. World-famous cannibal Army Hammer was in Death of the Nile, and he's not on their IMDb page. This movie apparently was supposed to come out in 2020, and it was delayed, and I go, oh, it's because of COVID. And they're... No, the movie was supposed to come out, and a month before, Army Hammer was accused of eating women. What was he actually accused of? I don't think they actually accused him of No, they did. Those two women went missing like around where he owned a house. I'll put those episodes in the show notes. I know you probably just woke up. You're like, wait, what? What's going on? Why is he talking about this? 
Army Hammer is this movie star. He was writing like uh, cannibal fan fiction. He was sending it to women. He's like, oh, I can't wait to nibble on your, <laughs> nibble on your ear and not romantically either. I want to put it in my soup. He was writing all these really weird cannibalistic things to people. He's buying them for, for presents. He doesn't buy them rings or jewelry. He buys them a giant iron pot to climb into. He's like, no, no, I swear it's a spa. It's a sauna. That's what all us Hollywood people use for saunas. He's not listed as the in this movie. And they actually, I think this is so funny. So they were supposed to release this in December 2020. A couple months beforehand, Army Hammer gets accused of eating people. Like, what's that's the worst thing your actor can be accused of. I know, like, sex crimes is technically the worst thing. But, I mean, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey was still in stuff. He was accused of, of talking about eating people, okay? I mean, that's like the... That is the worst. That's the worst. And so they said, oh, let's not release this movie right now. So they sat on it for a while. And they thought, well, how can we make... How can we release this movie? They should have just not released it because the movie sucked. But they talked about digitally editing in a new dude, which would have been so funny. Because I talk about how bad the special effects were on the movie already. Like, the boat looks fake, and it's so fake. The movie's so fake. I can't imagine if they had a holographic Ewan McGregor walking around, and he's like, hello. Like, you can see underneath him, you can see an army hammer blur. Oh, man, what a mess of that movie. It's so funny. IMDb refused to tell me that Army Hammer is in this movie. You have to Google. That's what Nick Buston did. He Googled the cast of it, and all these articles pop up saying Army Hammer tried to eat people. It's the worst publicity ever. I, I think that's interesting. Uh, maybe you don't. Maybe you hope that I never talk about this movie again. But yeah, movie starring, alleged, to be fair, alleged cannibal, Army Hammer. Um, but I do think people do think that he murdered a couple women and ate them. Who knows? But I'll put those episodes in the show notes. I just thought it was so weird. The producers of this movie so badly don't want you to know that Army Hammer was in it, even though he's in it. He's such a bland dude, too. Like, Army Hammer, Army Hammer could take a bite out of me, and I wouldn't know it was him. He's so milk toast looking Sorry, Army, if you listen to this podcast, you might be crying right now. You're like, oh, that's it. I have to do some of my sad eating. Um, 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 um. There's Girl Scouts sitting at your door. Um, 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 um. I don't know. Anyways, I thought that was just interesting. Like, they don't want you to know. They've changed the IMDb page. But Scroll Pitch, that wasn't our main story, but that's going to make me a little hungry. So we're going to stop at a gas station to buy some donuts and Pepsi. And then after we eat that delicious meal, take us out to this suburban neighborhood. Now, I found the story the other day. It was posted by someone called Spirited Zone 3949. We're going to go ahead and call you Tracy. If that's your real name, it's just a guess. I'm not trying to dox you or anything. Don't, don't want Army Hammer finding his way to your house. We're in this suburban household, and Tracy is there. This story took place 30 years ago, so we're back in the year 1998. And this house has been in Tracy's family for a long time. It was actually her grandfather's house that was passed down through the family. And now it's her house. Her and her husband are there, and they're making this house a home. And that, inc that includes major renovations. So first off, they want to tear down all this wallpaper, all this wallpaper that's been up for ages. And so... Tracy's husband's in another room, and she's working near the entryway. This is like almost the last part of the wallpaper to really get down. She's up on the step stool, and this is the final section right by the front door. Rip, 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 as she's pulling down the wallpaper. She throws it on the ground, and then rip, 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 she's tearing it down more. 
And then there's finally just like the very last pieces of this. And she's thinking, oh, what a job well done. I've finally got all of it. All I have to do is remove this final piece. And then the house is mine. That was a contest, right? You have 30 days to remove every piece of wallpaper and you win the house. As she's peeling this last piece of wallpaper off, she sees a face staring at her underneath the wallpaper. Now, obviously, like, you can look. I used to, as a little kid, I used to lay on my back in the living room, and I'd look up at the ceiling, like the stucco ceiling, and I would imagine myself walking on the ceiling. I did that all the time as a kid, and everything was upside down. It's a crazy world, Jason. Sometimes I look up, and I imagined it as a, the map of an alien world. All the, the bumps and stuff, you would see continents and then low-lying areas for the oceans. And of course, sometimes you look at a wall and you will see a face. You will see the outline of what could look like two eyes, a nose, a mouth. That's something the human brain does. It finds patterns in things. That is not what she's looking at right here. This is a, this is a face. There's a face, an angry face, a tortured face, etched into the wall, underneath all of this wallpaper. Decades worth of wallpaper. Layered one after another after another as the seasons changed, as the fads and fashion changed. Underneath all of that was the twisted, tortured face of a man etched into the wall. And she's looking at this face, and then it begins to move. It bulges out of the wall. No longer is it just the image of a face. It looks like the face is forming into a full head. It looks like someone somehow is pushing their face through the wall and it's getting closer and closer to her. Its mouth twisted in agony. Its eyes rolled back in pain. She screams, which is obvious, right? I think most people would do that. And then she's on the step stool. This thing's coming at her. She steps off the stool far too quickly and falls to the ground. The face continues to bulge out of the wall. She runs off and finds her husband freaking out. There's a face in the wall. There's a face in the wall. Like, how would you even process that? She tells her husband about what she had just seen, this terrible visage. And he leaves her there and runs to check it for himself. She's sitting there crying in this room as her husband runs off to check. And then a couple moments later, he comes back and he goes, there's nothing there. Like, I saw that you had removed all the wallpaper from that section, but I didn't see a face. I didn't see anything. I didn't even see anything that could look like a face. Now, she explains, she goes, my husband's super skeptical. He's a real skeptical dude. He doesn't believe in the paranormal at all. But he's convinced I saw something. He's convinced that I saw something because the panic I was in. He goes, there's no way you could have faked that. That level of just sheer fear was real. It was palpable. That story took place 30 years ago. And she says, to this day, whenever I think of that, it still puts the hairs up on the back of my neck. A truly terrifying tale of a face in the wall. Creepy story, right? It's creepy, like, you wonder, was that face always there? 
did they free it when they removed the wallpaper? I mean, that would have sucked if the face was always there and they just kept putting wallpaper on and it couldn't move. That would that would make me tormented and angry as well. What was it doing behind the wallpaper? Whose face was it? There's a lot of really, really creepy questions you can ask about it. And you... What was that face doing back there? I mean, it's not like it would be normal if they like walk into the kitchen and there's a face, there's a face hanging out over your faucet, and you're like, "Hey, what's up, facey?" Like that's that's spooky too, right? You're rushing your teeth. There's a face in the mirror. But the fact that it was like trapped under the wallpaper, like that seems that would make me tormented and angry and make me roll my eyes back in agony. But then you wonder, like, was it there the whole time? Is it the grandpa? Is it the grandpa's face? That would make it super awkward. Like, you're trying to have sex with your husband. And you're like, I sure hope grandpa's not watching. You look up the entire ceiling. Is this creepy face? Brings a bunch of his friends. He brings a bunch of other old faces floating around the house on the wall. I don't... (laughs) I mean, it's just creepy. Face in the wall is creepy enough, but to think that it was hidden that whole time. Think about all the times when you'd be hanging out in that house and you'd hear like a muffled noise and you'd look and you'd be like, oh, (laughs) you'd look expecting to see an old man. Oh, grandpa, his face in the wall, but you can't because it's covered up with wallpaper. And then when they remove the wallpaper, maybe it now has free reign just floating everywhere. (laughs) You're rolling dice. You're trying to play Yahtzee and a face appears on the table. You're like, grandpa, stop it. He swallows the dice. Oomp. Creepy. Creepy. I mean, I'm making a bunch of jokes about it. You're like, yeah, Jason, it would have been creepy if you just finished the story. Now I'm thinking about all these jokes that you're telling. But yeah, like the face in the wall. And it's funny because it's almost like a trope of a horror movie. The face in the wall. Squirrelfish, let's go ahead and toss the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind this house. We are headed all the way out to Tokyo, Japan. The year is 2017. There's a young man online. He posted this story. He went by the name Pateshest Venek. We're going to call him Peter for short. Peter is currently living in Japan. It's not his home country. He's here for work purposes. And he's having a good life. He has a lot of friends in the area. They go out a lot. And work seems to be fairly fulfilling to him. He's living in the middle of Tokyo with two roommates. And everything is working out swell. Now, it's a common stereotype, but Peter says it's really weird when people call in sick to work in Japan. Like, it's just not part of their society. Their work culture is very, very, like, you just keep going, keep going until you fall down dead. So the fact that he was having co-workers call in sick, it was weird. It wasn't super alarming at first. But what Peter starts to notice is as he's going about his daily life, he'd be going to restaurants, they'd have less staff there. When he'd go to other businesses, when he'd go to stores, there'd be less staff there. And then eventually, some of these businesses, his included, started having these things called vacations. They're like, that's a new thing in Japan. Where the entire business would just shut down for a couple days. You know what? We don't have enough employees to really do what we need to do this week. So we're just going to end the week early. Everyone take Thursday and Friday off. Peter's like, what in the world is going on? This is so bizarre. But as this continues, people start to talk. Rumors start to spread, because this isn't just in Tokyo. This is all over Japan. And you're starting to see rumors of a flu, a very, very bad flu circulating around Japan. The government's keeping a tight lid on this, though. 
But Peter, just through navigating life, reading newspapers, going online, keeps hearing these rumors. It's an avian-based flu. This flu is spread by birds, but when a human gets it, it can kill them. That's one of the worst diseases, that it doesn't kill the carrier, but can kill us. And if the the carrier flies and there's millions of them, that would be super bad news for humanity. And that's what's happening to Japan in Peter's reality. Now, because obviously we don't, we've had avian flu, we've had swine flu, we've had this stuff here. But in 2017, there was no mass outbreak in Japan where people are calling in sick, where people are dying and the government's covering it up. So Peter's story is from an alternate reality. But he's here now. He's with us to share the story with us. So how? This is so interesting. So in his version of the world, this disease is spreading through Japan, and the government is trying to figure out a cure as well as stop panic. But the rumors get proven true, and the world takes notice. China... United States, Russia, Mongolia, Singapore, all these countries begin mass cullings of their bird populations. They begin killing them. If you have a parakeet in your house, you better hide it because someone's coming to chop its head off. You had millions of birds killed worldwide trying to stem this virus. And that's good, right? You're trying to stop it. But remember, Peter is in Japan. This is where this started. All flights have been canceled. He's stuck there. He had actually, when he was hearing the rumors, he goes, you know what, I better go back to my home country just in case. It's time for vacation. And ways I'm getting vacations from work. He bought a plane ticket and he said the day before his flight was supposed to take off, that's when they canceled all the flights. So I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here. And both of his roommates at this point, they're sick. And he's sitting in his room. And he's trying to figure out what his next step is going to be. Because I mean, his roommates are sick, right? It's right at his doorstep. Also, news reports are starting to spread. This disease has left behind Japan. It is now in mainland Asia. It's in China, Korea, places like that. And he's sitting there in his room, staying away from his roommates, watching the news. It's being spread all over Asia now. The mass bird callings did not, might have slowed it down, but definitely did not stop it. Humans are passing it to each other. Birds are carrying it for hundreds, thousands of miles and dropping it off in other cities. Peter has an idea. He has a motorbike. He's going to pack up a bunch of supplies. Tomorrow morning, he's going to hop on it and just go out into the wilderness of Japan and try to outlast this virus. But the night before he leaves, he goes to Reddit. <laughs> if I had one night possibly left alive, I hope it's not spent on Reddit. He goes to Reddit, and he was actually, he's apparently a believer in the paranormal. He was on the Mandela, the Mandela Effect subreddits. He's looking around, and he ends up finding himself going to the Dimensional Jumping subreddit, which we covered a long time ago. And it is what it sounds like. It is a bunch of tips and tricks on how to move from one dimension to the other. And you know what? He has nothing to lose, right? Virus is sweeping across Asia, will very, very shortly, if not already, be in Europe, be in the United States. Not like he cares about any of those places, right? He's in middle of Tokyo. He doesn't have to worry about, oh, I wonder how the Prime Minister of Canada will react to this. He's dealing with it right now, and two of his roommates are sick. So looking at the Dimensional Jumping subreddit, he decides to do the two-bottle method. 
to change dimensions. Very, very simple. Very, very simple thing. This is how you do it. He took two containers, in his case, two plastic soda bottles. And on one of the bottles, you write your current situation. So he wrote killer flu on a piece of paper and he didn't have any tape. He, he only had what was in his room. He didn't want to go out in the living room where there's two other sickos were at. He had a piece of paper. He took some chewing gum, stuck it to the one bottle and filled that bottle up with water. And it says killer flu on the other bottle, the empty bottle. He wrote all is fine. Put a little chewing gum on a piece of paper. Stuck the label on that second one. Then he went and he watched news coverage about what was going on. To remind himself of where he's at. Then he pulls up a picture of himself and some of his friends out for drinks. That was taken earlier that year. Good times. Before all of this madness erupted. He pictured that peace. He pictured that fun. That companionship. All of that stuff. He then pours the water out of the killer flu bottle into the all is fine bottle and then drinks the all is fine bottle until all of the water is gone. You're basically pouring out the bad reality into the reality you want and then you drink it. And then he shut off his laptop and he went to sleep. When he woke up the next morning, ooh, man, sure, did, sure is restful when there's a world ending disease floating around. He goes out of his room. He probably wanted to test this, right? He's laying there in bed and he starts to hear this commotion out in the living room. He's like, what? And he hears one of his roommates kind of bumbling around and he goes and he opens the door and there is one of his roommates, totally healthy, going, oh my God, oh my God, I'm totally going to be late for work. I slept in. Oh my God, where are my shoes? And did it. Peter turns on the television set. No news about any sort of virus sweeping through Japan. He goes to work. He goes to work. He shows up. Everyone is there. No one's calling in. There's no vacation planned. He's like, hey, do I get five days off this weekend? Your boss is like, yeah, you're fired. He shows up and he said it was the same place of employment. I had the same coworkers, but I had a slightly different job than I had in my previous reality. Because at this point, he realizes he's jumped universes. He goes, same place of business, different job. He goes, and I could do it. It wasn't totally out of my realm of expertise, but it's not the job I had. He stayed there for a short period of time, continuing to work there, and then he quit. And he bought tickets to go back home, back to his home country, just in case. He's like, see you later, Tokyo, Japan. I'm going to Wuhan, China. It doesn't actually say where where he, he his home country was. But he goes back there and he says, it was weird. Things were different here. He goes, I don't know, maybe it was because I'd been gone for a while and people were happy to see me. But he goes, all of my friends and my family, they're nicer here. Some of them have a few quirks, a few interesting details about them that they did not have in my home reality. But all of them are nicer. Some of them are a little louder, oddly enough, but all of them are nicer. This, I can do this. This works for me. It's interesting because he says in one of the, he makes that initial post and then he replies a couple times. And then this account was never used again. One of these replies, he was talking in more details about the story. He ends it like this, quote, I have to admit, some part of me wasn't actually really hoping this works. Uh, because as terrible as that epidemic was, 
It was sort of exciting trying to keep alive despite it. Unquote. That's the story of a young man, right? When you're young, you do yearn for action and adventure, even if, even if it does mean the world's falling apart. As you get older, you start to think, oh, dude, if a zombie's attack today, how am I going to get my beta blockers by the end of the week? Like, I'm at that age where, sure, it'd be fun to kind of fight zombies off for the weekend. But if I had to look at, like, a law, I mean, my back, hurt, my back hurts. I have toothaches. My vision's not the best. So, you know, I don't really want a zombie apocalypse as much as I did when I was in my 20s. And I was far more spry. So you have this young person going like, yeah, it was kind of cool, even though, you know, two thirds of humanity were dying. I didn't die. I was actually really good at staying alive. And then there's no more from him. No more posts. Which could mean that it's a LARP, right? He had his laugh. It's a lot of fun to tell that story and to make that up. Or he went back. Maybe intentionally. Maybe he was here and things were just a little too different. Right? Just a little too different. He wanted to be with his family, not this family. He wanted to be with those friends, not these friends. Who act just slightly off. He might have gone back intentionally. It's possible that he went back unintentionally. That the doorway that brought him here was so unstable, it was a temporary journey. And the fact that in a way he kind of wished that he hadn't left in the first place, that might have been enough to retract him back into his home dimension. But what did he see when he returned? Did he return to a home dimension where the disease had been cured and humanity was breathing a sigh of relief? They caught it in time? Or did he return to an apartment? Did he wake up in his bedroom with his nostrils overcome by two dead bodies that had been stinking up his apartment for the past few days? And as he walks through that apartment complex, he can smell the death behind each door. And when he walks out onto the balcony and he can look down on the streets of Tokyo, they're silent. They're empty. They're dead. Did he return to a world where he is one of the few humans remaining? On an island, right? <laughs> on an island in Japan with no hope of leaving unless he knows how to sail or fly a plane. So his story ends there. We don't know what happened to him after he came to our reality. Did he go back? We don't know. If he went back, was it intentional or unintentional? Who knows? I think we like to think of dimensional jumping as this cool trick. But what if it's more of a trap? It's not someone drinking two glasses of water and moving to a world where things are more of their liking. It's a burning man running out of a burning building into a building that is not yet on fire, but when that burning man runs into it, he sets the entire place ablaze. Now both buildings are burning down. What happens if someone jumps from another reality and brings their disease with them to us? The end of the world may be a glass of water 
away. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. Glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.